Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 487. Woo! We are swiftly approaching 500 of the JV Club with my marvelous guest, comedian, writer, cartoonist, and all around great gal, Mo Welch. I love this conversation. I strongly encourage you to check out her wonderful podcast, Come Out, Come Out, which she co hosts with Joanna Catcher. She also has an upcoming podcast with the marvelous Beth Stelling, who, by the way, I somehow haven't had on the JV Club, which is a crime. So that's going to have to happen. It's called Getting the Light. And again, that's with Beth Stelling. It hasn't come out yet, but you also have the opportunity to check out her uh, amazing <laughs> illustrated self-help guide, How to Die Alone, The Foolproof Guide to Not Helping Yourself. It is uh, she? Listen, this is a great interview. You guys are going to love it. Hope everybody's doing well. And I will talk to you next week. Well, I'm excited for you and getting everything set up. Um, I, too, have, like, a space that's much larger that I need to set up. And it, like, is just one of those sort of daunting things where I keep thinking I got to do it. But instead of doing it piece by piece, I've told myself for some reason it needs to happen all at once, which isn't true. Right. Like, that's not that's not accurate in any way. I know. It's, uh, you know, I feel like it was a very 2020 like the year 2020 project that I was doing in the year 2022, uh-huh. where I turned my garage <laughs> into a podcast studio. Yes. Um, because yeah, just so that we didn't have to like, drive to a podcast studio to record it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a big that's a big incentive. Now now when I need to drive somewhere to do something, it's a, it's a real 50-50. Like I'm kind of excited about it because I, it's still rarer for me to be away from home for work. And then the other part of me is like, oh no, driving somewhere. Like, yeah. It's really it's really it's become it, a real mixed bag, I think. It is. It's so easy just to walk down to my garage, but yeah. I have to make myself, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. I mean, I could have coffee at my house, but I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, go outside and I'm going to take a walk. Yep. Um, and this is just like not a problem at all, but I'm pretending like it is. <laughs> <laughs> where did you, uh, where did you grow up? I was born in normal Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like the, it's kind of in the middle of Illinois. And then I grew up like mostly in those country towns outside of normal uh, until I was 12. And then I moved up near Chicago. Okay. So usually I just say Chicago, but the, the truth is it's central Illinois uh-huh. to Chicago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you feel like you dragged your country sensibilities into the Chicago area with you since you had hit al- almost a teen? I was like in... Um, I was ready to rebrand uh-huh. at 12 <laughs> and pretend like I didn't have a past life. Uh, and so I came in there, you know, just pretending like I was this whole new person trying yeah. to trying to get some new clothes for my grandma, uh-huh. <laughs> trying, to, uh-huh. trying to look cool. You yeah. know how it is when you're like, go to a new school and you're just like, it's going to be different this time. Yeah. This was time it? I'm going to be popular. Were no. you? No. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> gotcha, 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 gotcha. Did you get new clothes from your grandma? I did. My grandma gave me uh, some clothes when we moved up there. Because when we moved up there, we didn't actually uh, bring a lot of our stuff with us. Mm. And so uh, she gave me some clothes from her closet. And she's 
I want to say, well, I know that she's 10, 11 inches shorter than me. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's a small woman and I'm not a small woman. How tall are you? So I'm 5'10". Oh, you and, and me. So, I, yeah. I, I, Great. I, baby. I had a feeling. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I had a growth spurt and was wearing my grandma's clothes. Um, but she had name brand clothes, so it was more than I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What like what kind of name brands? Limited to. Yes. Got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> um do you mind if I ask why you didn't take some of your stuff like you left some things behind? Yeah, we were I mean, like it's not it sounds worse than it uh, we were running away from my dad. Um we were in a bad situation. Yeah. Um I mean, I guess it is as bad as it sounds, but uh, so much time has passed that it feels okay now. Well, also, I mean, I can't, if it felt terrible, if it felt like it's, it was worse than it sounds or better than it sounds, then it's, I, I think there's, there's definitely the like outsider perspective of hearing a story mm-hmm. and actually kind of being the more objective one and being like, no, that's, that's really bad. I mean, that's part of why there is so much DA domestic abuse, you know, out there is because when you're in it, it, you kind of do feel like, well, there's mitigating circumstances because I'm a human being and these people in my life are human beings. And if you just look at it on its face, it looks terrible. But let me explain. Um, So like whether you had felt that or not back then would have been so normal. Um, Oh, yeah. And I and as a child, you know, I always you know, I, I, I just say like the chaos was like the norm. And so I was excited to move to Chicago. So even though technically we were running away from this horrible situation, my eyes were on like, I'm going to Chicago to be a new person and to like, uh, to, to live in the city and to have all these friends and to be popular. And, and, you know, like that was my, I wasn't focused on, uh, the stuff that my mom had to focus on. Right, right. So I was a selfish child. Well, you could just say you were a child. That's pretty much a, that's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're all know, selfish. You, you, yeah, you don't have to <laughs> redundant. Um so when you when you ended up at the so you, were you going into junior high? Is that like what grade were you going to? Yeah, I was in 7th grade. Okay. Which just is not the, the best necess- time. Yeah, not necessarily mm. great for anybody. And you came in hot um with some new duds right bringing, yeah bringing the capri back in a big way even though they were probably regular gr- pants but exactly 10 11 inches turn them into capris uh and and then how long did you sort of give it like before you were you were like oh okay this is not that like i was not gonna be um i mean my rebrand didn't go as well as i thought but i did uh make friends immediately and you know i was always uh on the adjacent you know i was always adjacent to every group uh Uh, that's kind of where i fit in and so i made friends like my first day uh in gym class i remember sitting down in a line and the girl next to me was like hi i'm joan and i'm you know and and then we stayed friends like we're still friends and so (laughs) I had a That's couple great. of friends. Yeah. And I was new because it it was two weeks into the school year. And so I was technically new. And so I was, you know, fresh meat. 
Yeah, no kidding. But also, like, did you ever talk to Joan later on, like, as you guys got older about this idea of, like, was, like, like, what was her motivation for saying hello to you? Was it, like, I know what it feels like to be new? Was it, like, I also don't, like, I don't have a ton of friends that I like here. This could be my opportunity, you know? Or was it just, like, a not, she didn't even think about it. It was just, like, hi. Yeah, she was just, she's very nice and charitable. (laughs) And I think she saw someone that, you know, oh, you're new. Like, let me uh, accommodate you. Yeah. Which was very sweet. Oh, God. It's very mature. It was very mature. It Mm -hmm. was very mature. Yeah, I don't, I didn't ever have to, like, I definitely obviously had new school experiences, but there were always a couple of people from the school that I had been to before enough so that mm-hmm. you know and or it was new for everyone because of that that there was like you know a sense of like okay we're we're all going to junior high now we all went to different elementary schools so this is new for all of us but um so the the main comparison I have for that is when we would go up to visit my grandparents on my mom's side um I had we had to they went to church and I would have to go to church and there's mm. Sunday school um for kids like by age group and so and that's so that's a very established like community everybody knows each other forever and you know to come in I just remember that clammy like sick to my stomach feeling of like here we go again because they moved several times so it was it seemed like it was never the same kids and just like coming into the room being like hi yeah I'm yeah I'm Esther's granddaughter yeah um and then you know also like not really believing any of it so then right you know, sort of having that like imposter syndrome very much so where you're like also I don't want to be here at all so that's not helping anybody because I did this uh, this is not for me you know and it's, yeah it's it's, it's hard to be the new the new kid is like a difficult thing to navigate no matter where you are and I think that that's probably good for you know acting or stand up, you know, and stand up, you're just going up and you're, you're Ooh, playing to a bunch of strangers every yeah, night. And yeah. so, so I, you know, it's probably why I became a stand up. I was the new girl a lot, you yeah. know, before, you know, even before seventh grade. And there is, you know, you just have that glimmer of hope, like things might be different this time, you know, yeah. I might. Yeah, it's real. But, but yeah, that's but it's but also like that's I would rather be that person. Like, I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the moment of being hurt, you're like, I'm going to be cynical as fuck after this. Like, I'm never going to let this happen to me. But on balance, it feels so much better to be optimistic. You know, it feels mm-hmm. like like maybe maybe this will be great. Maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was definitely better than the other times. Like the other oh, times I was you know, we'd be in schools for maybe like six months at times. And it was just not enough time to yeah. to put down the groundwork. Of course, of course. You know? um, and was that just job, family job stuff? Like, okay, got to figure that or wasn't it wasn't as it wasn't a structured chaos, like being in the military, like being a, an army brat. Right? Yeah, it, it was like, yeah, it was like being an army brat, but your dad can't join the army because he's been in prison. Got Classic it, it. American mm-hmm. story. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> so it was a lot of like, oh, yeah, we need to move from this house because we haven't, you know, paid the rent or like whatever yeah. adult problems were going on at yep. the time. Um, and so school was always for me, it was just like, you know, getting in there trying to get the right friends. And almost always I was adjacent but I or I was like in the, I was always in the group but I was at the bottom you uh-huh. know I was like low bottom feeder 
How does that play out? Like, how is it expressed when you're at the bottom? Like, how is it expressed by the group? It's uh, you're the butt of a lot of jokes. Um, But luckily, I was down for it. I was like, I'm in the group. Sure, use me as your punching bag. We all have a role to play in society. Exactly. (laughs) I was like, as long as I'm here. Yeah. God, I don't think I was ever in a group big enough to have a like a like a butt of the jokes. Like I think any any friend groups that I was in were usually like two two to three, like maybe four. But I mean, I definitely had the experience of like for some reason one of them decided they were mad at me and like ma- made everyone not talk to me and stuff like that. Like you had to, you got Classic. to be invisible for a few days, which is right awful. <laughs> It's awful even you saying that. I can feel it in my stomach. Oh, God. Um, but yeah. I I, yeah. No, those ahead. groups of like, you know, were you ever in Girl Scouts or anything like that? Because, yeah. So I kind of joined everything. And so there was always a big group to be like, I was I was in the Girl Scouts. But even then, it's like, you know, I'm not head Girl Scout or whatever. Right, queen right. Girl Scout. Uh-huh. I'm yes, just... that's appropriate. Yeah. Thank you for using the appropriate term. Queen, yeah. queen Girl Scout. Yes. Yeah, I'm not queen of the cookies. I'm just like, I'm just like sort of there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you wait? And did you say you had siblings or was it, is it just you and your mom when you went up to? No, there's actually five of us. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A lot of kids. Oh, your mom. That's hard. I know. Yeah, she's uh, she's a trooper and uh yeah five kids when we moved to chicago my sister was two um she's the youngest and so i i mean i have a three-year-old and i truly can't imagine going it's hard for me to go to the grocery store with her alone right and then to be running away traveling getting to chicago trying to find a place to say all of that like living with my grandparents i can't i truly can't even imagine a world yeah oh god but, you know, it's your reality, kind of like what we were talking about before. Like there's when you, when it's you and you're in it, it just doesn't have the same feel as when it's behind you or when it's somebody else's story, you know? Oh, yeah. You're just rolling with the punches. For Absolutely. my mom, it was just like, uh, just like wake up, you know, do your work, go yeah. to bed, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Um, <laughs> did you get what when you finally got to high school? Was that another move and a shift or was that like, no, no, like like a lot of people from my junior high fed into that high school. Like, did you stay in one place at that point? Yeah, luckily we did stay. Uh, you know, I grew up in Oak Park, which is like right next to Chicago. And uh, my sisters went to the Catholic school that was like in the town over. And then um, I was allowed to go to the public school, which is huge. It's like 3,200 students or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, I had all my friends from junior high. So we just like continued to be friends in high school, like added, a, nice. added some people, mer- merged groups. We had like a guys group that we merged, you know, in high school. So then there's this like big girls group, big guys group. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> all I can picture is Greece right now. I, it truly, it was like, it was like that, but with like a lot of pot. You know? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and then what, what, like when you were in high school, did you find that you had interests or the interests that persisted from like earlier in your life? Were you an artsy kid? I mean, listen, I'm hearing you're in a pot, pot smoking group that could go any number of ways. And again, I'm the person in the pot smoking group, not smoking the pot, really, uh-huh. you know, trying it a couple of times and going, I don't know if this is good for my personality. Uh-huh. Um, 
So I, yeah, I mean, I loved art. I always, uh, I, I was always painting. I was always drawing, but, um, when I got to high school, you kind of had to choose whether you wanted to like go into visual arts or performing arts. Mm -hmm. And I played the trumpet. So I went to performing arts. Enough said. Enough said. You played the trumpet. You're going to... I wanted Goodbye. to be that, yeah. that hot girl playing the trumpet. <laughs> Last chair over here. And is that, uh, is that is that like that's not like marching band that you were in like seated orchestra ish band, right? I was it, yeah, I was concert band, but I also was in the marching band, and I was a flag like color guard for a while, like okay. you know, with a flag and all. That. And please forgive me because I definitely was the furthest thing from any games or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that person do? Yeah. So I feel like it's Again, only all like, due respect, all due respect, all due respect. Do? I didn't know what it was. So <laughs> you're fine. Great. It, it's like, there's a big flag like this and you go, da, 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 da. and so you're just like, it's like a huge flag. And then you're doing all these like twirly things yeah. and then throwing it up in the air. Uh-huh. And it's just like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand why. Uh, it's like the glue that holds the entire production together is what exactly. I'm Exactly, that's why everybody knows about uh-huh. it, you know? <laughs> so it's like being a flag it, girl, yeah. but it's like having a baton, but it's more complicated because the fly, when you're, there's a lot of flapping fabric that you kind of control. It's probably easier than the baton because the baton is like, I would imagine it's like hard to throw and catch that, you know, yeah. smaller, but, True. but with the flag, it was just kind of, I mean, like we were dropping those flags during uh-huh. games. There was, it, it was not. It was not pretty. Okay. All right. Oh, I really. That's I. I, I just. I, you sort of have this cascade of visuals when you realize, like, God, what are the, what experiences have I had? And I get. And I really am like, I. I just don't remember ever seeing like a, a high school game of mine where that would be a thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just picturing parade after parade with just a lot of batons, a lot of batons. I've definitely seen flags on a parade. I'm good. I'm good. I know yeah, it, it kind of looks like that. I mean, like we it was the first year of marching band at my school because it just was like, um, I don't know, they were like trying to bring back the marching band. Uh-huh. And so I was like, you know, I was in it. And I remember marching with my trumpet for a while. And then I didn't get along with the marching band instructor. And, uh, and they might have kicked me off the marching band. I remember getting into a yelling fight or something. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, the, the place to be the bad girls in the band. And I then, guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then so I went to flags after that. Got it. Okay. Way more chill. Got <laughs> also, why was the marching band gone? I didn't know that the marching band ever went away to where it would need to be brought back with gusto. I don't know, especially with that many students. Um, I don't know why they didn't have one to begin with, but yeah, we were not good. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> may not have helped the cause. May not have right. helped the cause. Um, and what was your uh, love life uh, like in high school? What that looked like? I had... Um, a boyfriend for I think we started dating either junior year or the beginning of senior year uh so I was dating him and then before that oh my gosh I feel like I don't remember my life before that as far as dating goes there was a lot of like you know I pine for people and so I was like oh my god this there was this kid named Oliver who was you know always throwing these parties and didn't go to our school I remember pining for him and then we were like going, 
we were dating, but then I saw him with another girl at Old Navy. And so that <laughs> ended it. There was there was a lot of meeting guys and then feel and then getting uh, broken up with. Like I met a guy um, at the mall and <laughs> he was probably like five years older than me. Uh-huh. And he he dumped me over a uh, three way call. Back who was the on day. the call? Who was who was the third person? His, his cousin. So his cousin Ew. called me and said, "Rick doesn't want to go out with you anymore." What? what? And and then you could hear Rick on the phone, and I was like, "Are you on the phone too?" <laughs> Just getting dumped left and right. That is so weird. Like, I mean, on one level, it makes total sense because I feel like that easily could have happened to me. But when you really break it down, it's like, what's the logic there? <laughs> like, why? I, I sort of understand sending an emissary, but that would be so that you didn't have to experience any part of it. Not like, I want my representative to speak on my behalf as I am standing here. They will do the talking for me is super weird as a teenager, like on a three-way call. That's so crazy. I know. It was such a sneaky thing to do. But but it was it was all the adrenaline you know in the world but what did he want i can't let this go (laughs) why did he like did he feel like he needed to confirm was he like i'm suspicious that my cousin isn't going to do this so i'm going to need to be on the call to just to verify so that mo can't come up to me and and say and say it never happened like (laughs) i I think it's watching a crash reel on instagram like you're just you want to see the accident Mm. and i think he just wanted to see the accent without having to be the one, yeah. you know, to yeah. do it. He wanted to be able to rub rubberneck, but he didn't want to actually have right. to pay for the damages. Yeah. I took that as far as it could go. Um, yeah, we needed to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then you you end up in kind of a longer term thing with this other dude. Um, right. What was the what was the shape of that? Was it like one of those kind of high school marriages that was like, yep, we were together like every day, all yes. day. We were very mature. We looked on all of the chaos happening with hormones and everything and everyone else's relationships that, and we're like, oh, someday you'll get to be like us. Was it like that? It, it was, there was no real maturity in it, but it was long-term. Like we both felt if we couldn't be together, I'd rather just die. You know, <laughs> like we were so attached to the hip. We went to like, yeah. we we did everything together. We we ate after school. Like I would spend the night at his house. I would just spend the night in the basement. And oh, okay. uh, he had a car, so he would drive me everywhere, which looking back at all my male relationships, it's just guys giving me rides places. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were together actually until we were together for over four years okay jesus yeah that never ceases to amaze me i just and i've talked to many people on the podcast who had those those high school marriages and i still am blown away by it just because i definitely felt like you know being with someone either i or the other person after like a month would be like Mm -hmm. look i know we've been together a really long time it's just starting to feel like too much. Like, you know, right. That felt I think like I was, such a long time. We were holding on to each other for dear life. Well, I, we, that makes, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And like his parents were going through a divorce right when we were together. Yeah. And so I think he was holding on to me. And then obviously my family life was 
uh, out, you know, out to lunch. And it was just like <laughs> wild. And so yeah. we were just holding on to each other. Yeah. Are you still in touch with him? Uh, I'm not really in touch, but he's, you know, I know what he's up to. He finally had friended me on Facebook maybe a year or two ago. And uh, yeah, he's, you know, living in the suburbs with a couple kids, that sort of deal. You know? Yes, he is. We have a surprise <laughs> yeah. for you, Mo. Please, oh my gosh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I would be, here's the thing. That's a, I like to do that whenever possible. It would be amazing if like 10 years into my podcast, I pivoted and finally started like calling my own bluffs and actually having somebody mm-hmm. coming in, like adding someone to the Zoom, their little head oh. just like, bloop, bloop, there they are. And then just sit, I could just sit back and keep that'd recording. Be, that'd be the greatest and worst podcast uh-huh. ever. Just like <laughs> a podcast where you just ambush someone with their high school ex. Oh, it's interesting to imagine like how many people would say yes to that as the ex. You know what I mean? Like to to be like, sure, I'll I'll like totally startle someone that right. you know, may or may not like want to have anything to do with me at this point. It's like that's what all those talk shows were back then. You know, in the nineties, it'd be like, like look behind this door. It's uh-huh. your ex husband <laughs> who you hate. <laughs> they really were. God, I couldn't even watch shows like that. Is that something you could watch passively and sort of be like, well, this is a shit show, but like not not attached to with discomfort? Because I just couldn't. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone or in any way, because like there's plenty of stuff that, you know, I'm very drawn to that is like a hot mess. But that is definitely right. a place where I was like, everything about this feels very wrong. <laughs> I mean, I could watch the Oprah stuff. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, that's, that the walks Lisa's- the line. The Jenny Jones, but I couldn't, uh, like Maury, I did when I was a kid, but you know, w- then when you get into the entertainment industry, you realize like how much is fake with yeah. like Jerry Springer and Maury and like all these yeah. setups and people just like s- getting paid to say something that's not real. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, so the magic was taken away I'm for so me, sorry. unfortunately. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon. Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel. What's the best Disney song? We got this with Mark and Hal every week on Maximum Fun. We do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. Now, you said performing arts and then you left it at trumpet. So does that mean no, like like theater kind of any sort of like i'm pre- i'm presenting myself in a, in a way that would slowly iterate towards stand up comedy you know no i was honestly i was into sports i played basketball track uh cross country i did a ton of sports um throughout my high school career and i didn't do any plays or you know actually uh i went to high school with cecily strong from snl and she was you know she was in the plays and she was always the funny one and i and i thought wow i could never i could never do that Hmm. you know i just because i can't believe she was like a magic trick that she could do something like that yeah um 
And I have really, really bad stage fright. So there's just no way. But I tried almost everything. So you did have bad stage. But the stage fright was not present when you were playing the trumpet because it wasn't like you and your voice and only you and your voice. Right. I remember walking out onto stage, even though there's 100 people on stage and still feeling a lot of nerves. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, you were in an ensemble. So it yeah. was you were hidden. And when did you suddenly, I mean, that's a, that is always fascinating to me also, because I am, I couldn't do stand up and I'm pretty good in front of people, but it just, that's just, I couldn't ever, I feels like too big of a risk and too much work um, as a semi-lazy person. (laughs) It's a shit show. Thank you. Yeah. So (laughs) that, somebody with stage fright then becoming a a successful, I can't say the words, successful fan of that like what is that when did you go like the first moment the first time you did it at all I'm sure people ask you about all the time if you are open about being you know having had stage fright like what is oh yeah what does that look like you know I will try anything I really will I just I'll put myself out there even if it's really scary and so I I actually started as I, I took an improv class and then a couple weeks later started stand up and it was the scariest. I mean, it's as scary as you think if you're not a performer, like, Oh my God, I could never do that. Like, of course you can do it. Right. You know, right. it's really hard, but you just have to rip off the bandaid and say, listen, there have been thousands of bad stand up comedians uh-huh. who have done this exact same thing and you have to start somewhere and yeah. no one starts at great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it was hard. It was like, I mean, in the moment I was like sweating. I chugged beer. I, uh, you know, I had my jokes written out, but I was, I was extremely nervous and I was really nervous for probably six years. So, Uh you know, but eventually it does wear off and you just have to do it a lot. Absolutely. Which is great Mm -hmm. advice about just about anything in terms of like what people's passions are. But, um, was it a situation where people were kind of telling you, like, was there external and internal feedback coming that was like, ah, you're so funny. Like, why are you doing, like, you should do, like, comedy. You're, you, you should do stand-up. Have you ever thought about doing stand-up? Oh. Did you get those? Or were you, was it a very private process that you were going through where eventually you were like, no one will expect this, but I, I think I might go do a stand-up set? <laughs> Yes, it was so private. Uh-huh. No one ever told me to be a comedian. <laughs> Nobody ever told me to be. A... I didn't really know any stand up. I know because you're just like living on this like dream that's just in your head. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even when I started comedy, people didn't tell me to keep doing it <laughs> for a very I mean, it took like a decade for people to just be like, yeah, you are where you're supposed to be. But yeah, no, it was a lot of uh you know, trial and error, a lot of error. And uh, I was privately saying, I think I can do this. Yeah. I, and I, I was not a writer. I had to like learn how to write jokes. And, you know, it was a it was a whole process. But it was really exciting to do something like that from, you know, from the ground floor. And was that something you said, you'll try anything? Was that something that kind of fall would fall into a category of like I was willing to try it once and if it if I liked it great and if I didn't that's fine too that then became a thing where you're like actually you know what I mean like or was it like I you know what I'll try cow's brains like sure of course I yeah will. and then from that point forward it's not like that's all you could ever eat and think about you know 
You know, I had no other prospects going <laughs> on for career. I was so excited when I actually went the first time I did improv, I said, I'm like meaning in comedy, I'm going to do this forever. I love this so much. And then the first time I did stand up, it was like the same thing. It, I just thought if I could do this, I wasn't even thinking about making a living, you know, and so it didn't even seem possible to make a living doing that. I just thought, oh, every week I have something to look forward to. I get to sit down and write these jokes and then try them out on wow. stage. And so it was like I was in my own little incubator. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's I'm that's very impressive. It's very, very impressive because even just again, I'm in a, a full adult grown woman who has like done f- just fine in comedy and still something happens when I think about doing that. I just feel I, I think that imposter syndrome kicks in so hard where it's like you why don't you like you've been lucky to spontaneously be funny or to be funny with someone else's words. But like the ultimate test is, can you take a string of things that you think might be like a shared experience or something that will surprise people and make them laugh? Um, I sort of immediately fall outside of myself and feel like I'm having an existential crisis. Like who's that like paper doll on stage? Like what would that be like? And it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It feels in times like this, it does feel like like there's a gene that really does sort of like keep enforcing like no keep going, you will keep going right. that I don't have. It's it's almost easier like to do it when you have nothing going on and you're just like, well, I'll try this and this is my only prospect, mm-hmm. you know. And then, but then there's also an advantage to people who start performing um, when they're not 21 and those people have life experience, so the jokes are immediately more interesting yeah you know because true. they can speak to that but uh, my wife is like you know she came up performing she was you know child performer sort of you know doing musical theater like since for you know she yeah. was like three yeah so she is so funny and such a good performer and would be the worst stand-up and we talk about that all the time yeah it's like we will have we will play games where she has to like come up with a joke like right on the spot uh-huh. and sh- and it will be the worst thing you've ever heard but i'm like that's the I funniest really person yeah i'm like that's the funniest person i know and she works in this and she works in comedy yeah and and yet she could never do stand up cuz yeah. it just yeah it's just like it's a different personality whereas like i d- i can't really be a comedic actor you know, that's not like someone would have to write the part for me yeah. or I don't understand. Uh-huh. So, so it's the same sort of like I can't do that skill. I yeah. can just, you know, I can stand on stage and like, you know, shoot the shit. That's, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> when you did you, you mentioned doing improv, was that something that you did? Was that a like precursor to trying stand up? So that mm-hmm. that's a yeah, good, I, that seems good. It, it's good if you want to like okay, how do I start in comedy? Well, there's this class that they're offering. Great. You know, and it's a great place. You're like, okay, now I'm doing it. The right. first day you're there, I'm doing it. So I did that. Um, and I did improv throughout, you know, the first maybe uh, six or seven years of my stand-up career. I just also did improv. Nice. Um, and I'm not good. But, okay. <laughs> you know, wasn't good. But, you know, I'm just like middle of the pack. Uh hanging out forgetting character names uh-huh. where we are <laughs> asking a lot of questions <laughs> oh sometimes those are my favorite shows um 
Was this a second, like, did you do second city? Were you in the, I guess what that's the question I'm asking. Is it, were you still in the Chicago area at this point? And was right. it through, like, some of the, you know, the more fabled improv troops or schools? Yeah, I did second city in Io and the annoyance. And, uh, you know, I, I was always trying to get out of pain for the class. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of my, my super skill uh-huh. uh, that I had because I had like no money and I would just keep forgetting, you know, keep forgetting <laughs> to pay. Uh, so that's kind of what <laughs> I was known for was like uh, having a bill that was due. <laughs> I love that you called it a skill, which made yeah. me feel like there was going to be a lot of nuance to it and there were going to be some some real twists and turns. But it turns out the skill is like feeling okay about not turning the money over when you're supposed right. to. Right. Just being like, well, this is impossible for me to pay this. Which, so by the I way, is a skill in the sense that I would I would be like, oh, I, that this like not necessarily even I probably shouldn't admit this, but not necessarily it wouldn't have necessarily even been that I thought it was patently wrong. Mm-hmm. I wish I could say that, but I also like shoplifted when I was a teenager. So I, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't know. I wish I could give myself that credit, but it seems like the reason that would keep me from doing it would just be, I would, I would care about my reputation. Like, I think I had a mm-hmm. real fear of people talking about me behind my back. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And yeah. So like, it would have been like a, you know, I'm not going to give them any fodder to like, I, cause I, cause I, you know, when you're like solipsistic, self-centered teenager, you were already sort of feeling like maybe people are talking about you behind your back and making fun of you and stuff. So when it's like, have you the ever chances walk- that the conversations are about you are pretty slim, but. But have you ever walked in on anybody talking about you or text chain or Absolutely. catching somebody? Absolutely. It's so, it's so awkward. Oh my God. It's awful on all sides. Like I feel like I've been in all versions of that and it sucks. It really does. I think the most awkward part is trying to accommodate people when they're talking about you and then you're just trying to like smile and change the subject, <laughs> even though you're the victim. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so awkward. Uh, yeah. You just to go back to relationship stuff for a second, because you talked about pining for people. Um, did that at that point, were you pining for both and or all genders or were you was it identifying itself that way to you yet was it more nebulous no I didn't know until I kind of started comedy slash was in like uh you know my fifth year of college you know that I even liked girl I was just like so uh busy Mm mm-hmm this is how I like I I just was not exploring that part of myself and I had a college boyfriend too so um at that time in high school no I thought I would marry that guy and I thought uh that I was straight and you know I thought that sex isn't important and it's okay if I don't enjoy uh you know any sort of intimacy with guys like yeah. that's just how life is oh, God, um yeah, yeah and, until I was like with women then I was like oh yeah you fucking idiot it's been like right here in front of you like <laughs> so obviously there, and no one ever like flirted with you or sort of gave you vibes uh that you were like why would you why would you think I would be into that no there was uh you know I was very like people just assumed I was straight and I get it. I was wearing Abercrombie when I could get my hands on it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, and I had boyfriends. And so I didn't know they didn't know, but in seventh grade, I did have a dream about 
kissing my seventh grade science teacher. And I remember the next day in class being really sweaty uh-huh. and just thinking like, oh my God, does she know that I had yeah. that dream? You know, Dreams are so, so there were, that way. right. And there were, so there were a couple of moments, you know, I look back on and go, oh yeah, I didn't really clock that, yeah. you know, but, um, but yeah, I didn't know until like my twenties. And then what At was, all. what, what prompted, I can't, now I'm just doing your podcast. Now I am, I have oh, no, taken no. over and I am now doing your coming out podcast. So yeah, I'm not no, sure how this that is happened. great. It's great because <laughs> I, you know, I'm, an I interview people yeah. about coming out and you're interviewing me about coming yeah. out. Um, so I, um, you know, there was like this girl who's working at Rock Bottom Brewery in Colorado and someone said, oh, she's she has a crush on you. And I was like, what? That's so random. Are you <laughs> kidding me? And she didn't look like a lesbian. Like, I didn't assume she was a lesbian. And so I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And that just sparked this like curiosity within myself. Like, oh, wait, I do like that she likes me, yeah, you know? yeah. And I'm trying to think of the first time. Uh, yeah, then I I didn't really start doing anything until I moved to Chicago again. Because I was living in Denver at that point. And then I moved to Chicago. And I want to say I was like 24. And I, uh, I knew what was up. And I was like, I want to try, you know, to to like kiss girls. Uh-huh. And so, so I met we'll this. Start yeah. with that. We'll just start there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I met this clown, uh, who was do I was running an open mic uh-huh. and she was like, can I do some mime work? And I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's your funeral. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and, and then she started flirting with me and she was clearly a lesbian and had dated this other lesbian who was a stand-up and so I was like interesting and so she would like come and hang out sometimes and we would flirt and then eventually we went on a date and uh and then I went to New York to do some comedy and that's when I went to the cubby hole and I was like you know what I just need to kiss a girl at this bar and then when I get back to Chicago I'll be like a pro and so uh-huh. I go to New York and I make out with a girl at the cubbyhole bar. And uh, yeah, we made out for a couple of days. And so when I came back, I was like, okay, now I'm making out with this clown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you have that moment where, and I say this is a person who like kissed girls from, you know, mm-hmm. this uh, like age I mean, listen, it was real. I was real horny when I was little. So it was like right. three. I mean, I definitely feel like I have, you know, some intense like crib related memories. But um, right. but uh, so I sort of always felt the physical difference. But then like there was a time in which I hadn't kissed a girl for a long time. And I really sort of had that like the moment of how much your own physicality is related to a person that you're kissing or like making out with or whatever. And like the sort of dynamic of kissing a guy uh, and like the stubble and like their face is probably usually bigger than yours and like the way they move. And then kind of being at a a place where I think I was like self-aware and maybe a 
destructive way, but really being aware of like, oh, I have the bigger face. Oh, their chin is tiny and soft. Like just a real sort of like deconstruction of it in a way that was not it was totally unexpected because it should have been something that I was like oh yeah this you know mm-hmm. um did you have that like I've never gone into this with anyone by the way before yeah. but it's very specific it is really interesting because I always think about how when I was dating guys they had to be tall like they were six four six five mm. they were athletes right and like that's what I would never I was never dating guys that didn't look like that and then with you know, when I came out, I'm the tall one. And so all of a sudden, height, I never cared about height. It's like, I I can't even imagine caring about height now. And I go, wow, that's so interesting that that's so like a hetero, a hetero thing, yeah, you know, yeah, because really, I never have thought about it. I never thought about how, you know, tall or short, any of my partners have been. Yeah. And so, I mean, that is, that is, uh, that is interesting. I think that there is like a pheromone thing, obviously. And so for me with like kissing guys, it just was never like, um, you know, first kisses, no matter who it is, can be like really exhilarating. Right. But there's some like to me, guys always didn't have like there was no me pouncing on them. Right. Really? Right. They, Yeah. And like with it just felt like there was something like this is gonna this is not what I mean but it's almost like they all had bad breath I totally understand I totally (laughs) understand and in fact I think most people can understand regardless of who they're attracted to because at some point or other most of us have like found ourselves in a situation where something you're in a position where you're like I thought this is what I wanted or you know for whatever reason you're like, oh, this is or like working on a show, like working on a show mm-hmm. and having to kiss somebody that you wouldn't choose to kiss in real life, no matter how much you might like them. It is so right. it's so strange because it is like this. You, there should be a different word for it. Like it shouldn't be also called kissing because it just is the whole experience is completely foreign. It you know? is. It is. And I it's so it. I mean, I'm not I'm not sober, but I dated someone who was sober and the amount of time that it took for us to actually kiss was so much longer because you don't have that like liquid courage uh-huh. of like, let's just make out, you know? Yeah. And then that can be awkward because the first time you'd be like, wow, we are really like living in it. Uh-huh. You know? We are experiencing <laughs> this. <laughs> every clack of our teeth, every. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for more than 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh my stuff. It's so, so exciting. Join me, Jake Keith Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong, along with guests like DJ Jazzy Jeff, Yardley Smith, Roxanne Gay, and so many more on the trivia game show podcast, Go Fact Yourself. Twice a month, every month on Maximum Fun. I got to get into this mash game with you. 
Okay, great. Um, I do. I'm very excited to see uh, what your answers will be. And yet I still don't know what all of the categories categories are going to be. So let's see uh, what comes up for us. Uh, let's start with. Ooh, let's start with three instruments that may or may not be a part of a band or an orchestra at high school. Three instruments mm. that you would love to be able to play beautifully on. Oh, okay. Guitar, piano. Let's just throw in the French horn. Great. <laughs> Curveball. Okay. Curveball French horn. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, okay. Three um, places in the world that you would love to have uh, another home. If we could sort of teleport you there, you don't have to worry about the travel. Yeah. I mean, Barcelona, Montana, and Paris. Great, great, great. Three foods that in this reality that we live in now are either like ecologically irresponsible or you just wish you could still eat a bag of something and not feel sick afterwards. We're just going to remove all the negative ramifications. You can have these three things whenever you want for as much or as little as you want um, at the snap of your fingers. Three foods can be real specific or can be like broad okay. categories like pizza. Okay. John and Vinny's pasta. Right. Uh Magpies, ice cream pie, and uh, this is so dorky, but I really do love an Impossible Burger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not dorky. Not yeah. dorky. That happened so fast. Side note. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, it tasted like meat. But that that feels like it happened in the blink of an eye. Right. You know? Yeah. And I don't like red meat because I don't, it just doesn't agree with my Same. body. Yeah. And so Same. I, so I do like, obviously I like the taste, but I yeah. just don't like what it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Next one. Let's do three. Uh, we're going to give you some romance or sexy times in this alternate universe mm. that we're building for you. Uh, three people that you would like to have a long or short term um, relationship fling with whatever it can be anybody, any period, any era, any age. Oh, Interesting. Amelia Earhart. Great. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Great. <laughs> and oh, who do I? I'm trying to think of. Uh, I guess. Oh no, I can't do anyone I've met because that would be weird. Um, well, I'll just say I've never met Kristen Stewart, so we can put her on there. Perfect. Cut to tomorrow. Uh, Mo. <laughs> I'm like, don't listen to this one podcast, okay? <laughs> She's my number one listener. I'm so, so, so sorry. We can oh, my God, that's okay. We can yeah. that post. Please do. Um, okay, let's do three uh, people from some period in time. Let's let's remove ourselves from 2022, but um, three people that you would love to collaborate on something with. And you don't even necessarily have to know what the collaboration is. Just it could be a painter or a composer or another comedian or a director. Three artistic types that you're like, ooh, it'd be so fun to work on something with them, whether you can think oh. of what that is right now or not. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Great. So genius. See, oh my gosh. And they can be of any time period? Yeah. Okay. Uh Susan Sontag. Great. Slash Annie Leibovitz. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And who's smart? <laughs> <Huh. laughs> oh, man. 
I kind of want to hang out with LeBron James. So he's got a company. So we'll collaborate with him. Great. Great, great. And agreed. Okay. Uh, next one, let's do three movies that you can jump into and just be in that space, in that realm. You're not reliving the plot. You're not a character. It's just like, oh, this gives me access to this world that I love in this movie. Oh, okay. Uncle Buck. Oh, my God. I love that movie so much. My favorite movie. I love it so uh, much. I know. I almost want to just say like every John Hughes I mean, movie. Uh. I mean, I think. I mean, I understand for sure. Like people can, you know, I'm sure people write their dissertations on like what's problematic about John Hughes movies. I totally get mm-hmm. that. I, I and and I I really thought Uncle Buck was safe, and then someone was like, no, he has he's super creepy that he's like stalkery about her romance and her love life, and I'm like. Okay, but like that feels like a reach. Like, yeah, that guy was bad, but like he was a bad guy, and Buck could tell. He just could tell. So I don't feel like it crossed over. I mean, it's also comedy, but like some things, you know, bad. uh, Yeah, very bad. I mean, he was cheating on her, as we recall from the big party. Um, I can see what's good and bad about those movies, and. and I still want to be in Uncle Buck of that house rocked. And yeah. I want to live there. Yeah. Um, and Macaulay okay. Culkin. I mean, I that he, better better than Home Alone. If you want to see some some like, preternaturally nuts. quick, <laughs> like very funny, adorable Macaulay Culkin. It's, it's there for you. It's amazing. How many questions have you asked consecutive 37? It's just <laughs> every so good. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, I mean, I haven't really seen this show, but Emily in Paris okay. is, I mean, that's not a movie. No, it's fine. It's but totally fine. It's in, it's in Paris. <laughs> so that's exciting. Uh-huh. And then, um, Legends of the Fall, oh, because indeed. it's just so beautiful. Yes, indeed. I get that super mixed up with a river runs through it exactly they, like, and they're right around the same time it's and, and like there's that and they're montana feel yeah. yeah yeah like like a story of three men like it feels like they're maybe that's not even true maybe i'm like maybe i'm only thinking of one movie and i've assigned those qualities to both movies but really i've only ever thought about legends of the fall i don't know right right no they do get they are confusing and i also feel like i did this wrong because i was like where were they? Montana? Okay, I'll be in there. So I basically was picking a spot. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, listen, you started with Uncle Buck. That's the only one. We yeah. Were, that's, that's the one we're hoping you get. I yeah, have no control fingers over that. crossed. No control over that. Uh, next one, let's do three. Uh, let's do three time periods that you would like to visit just to see. It doesn't have to. It may not be mm-hmm. fun. But you're in a safety bubble. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. But, like, are there specific historical events or just eras that you're like, oh, man, like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that that was really happening uh, in one way or another. And it, and I would like to see it with my own eyes for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd like to see, um, I mean, uh, the 70s. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even. The 70s. I want to say, like almost turn of the century, like late 1800s. Mm-hmm. I want to see if I can just go in there and be like, hey, who's secretly a lesbian, uh-huh. you know, and then like get out <laughs> of there. Uh, zing, zing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard, you know, and then, I mean, I'm not even going to go way far back. Uh, like I'm not going BC. I'm going, yeah. I'm going to go like 1934 and I'm going to try to watch my grandma be born 
<laughs> and be like, you're going to give me your clothes one day, lady. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, and then last one, let's do three people from today or yesteryear that you would love to have on Come Out, Come Out, that you would love to get the opportunity to talk about their experience of coming out. Any Adrian? Ellen. Great. Uh, let's see. Any, it's hard. It's hard with gays because a lot of them weren't out, you know, so it's, it's kind of modern. Even if it's uh, like, yeah, I'll say this. And then, because that's such a great point, almost like coming out to themselves. Like you could still talk to somebody who was suspected or known as closeted or whatever, but they would they right. may still have that moment where they're like, I'm, I need to admit this to myself or that they never yeah. did. Yeah. George Michael. And I mean, Cary Grant, because I heard. Yeah. I heard the rumors. Yeah. So let's just let's see. Absolutely. Beautiful. OK. Uh, give me a word that um, sort of can contribute to your a description of like how you felt when you woke up this morning. What's a word that you could use? Tired. Uh huh. <laughs> OK. Okay, I'm going to do some, I hesitate to call it math. It doesn't even deserve that title. But um, I'm going to do this calculation. And uh, if you could tell people where they can find you, what they should be checking out. In other words, vamp. And I will quickly vamp. run through this okay, I'm gonna vamp. your results. Okay, <laughs> this is my filibuster. Away, and it's Mo. all, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, well, you could see me. Let's see, you could see me. In Chicago, if you're in Chicago, October 8th at 7 and 9 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge, I'm recording my very first comedy album. Yeah, uh, yeah I really waited on that. Didn't want to didn't want to record an album because I was afraid that I would hate all the jokes hmm. a year later. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing these jokes long enough that I feel comfortable putting it out there. And uh, and then I'm filming my special in Los Angeles at the Lodge Room, oh, which is in Highland Park. Only lodge shows. We'll only, only lodge do related. Lodge shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's at seven thirty on October twenty fourth. And I honestly would love anyone to come out to that show because it's. I I filmed a documentary about seeing my dad for the first time in twenty years, oh, wow. and uh, this is the corresponding stand up that goes. Uh, with that documentary. So it's something that I really care about. Yeah. And I would love for people who laugh with their voice uh -huh. <laughs> to Step come out. Their sparkling, shining eyes. Yeah. <laughs> don't laugh with your eyes at a comedy show. You don't yes. need to. <laughs> um, I need the audible. Wonderful. Please bring those laugh. Please bring those audible laughs. Um, I do have your MASH results. I Oof. have to say it's very eclectic. I'm feeling real good about it. Um, okay. Like, for example, you know, listen, did you do you get to jump into Uncle, Bu Uncle Buck whenever you want? No, you didn't get Uncle Buck. <sighs> I am shattered by that, as I know you are, too. However, you did get Emily in Paris. And we've established that it's not so much that you want to be on the show, but that you want to be in Paris. So it would have been kind of a bummer if you doubled up and also got in Paris over in the You Have a Second Home. So the mm -hmm. good news on that is you can go to Paris whenever you want in Emily in Paris, but you Great. also have a beautiful house in Montana. Oh my gosh, it's so I, I must start looking at property right now. Exactly. And by the way, if you've gotten Legends of the Fall and Montana, it would have been like, 
oh, okay. Like, huh, kind of got the same wish there. So yeah. got some nice variety. Like, huh. Yeah, like Mo didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad that worked out. It worked out great. Uh, I am... I- I'm very pleased uh, about the Montana residents. I feel like there's going to be a lot of wide open space. Um, Presumably, Amelia Earhart will have a couple of planes that she loves to take up and zip around the beautiful Montana skyline. Uh, Presumably, you'll be going up there with her. There's a a, a great romance. One of history's great romances happening between you and Amelia in this world. Uh, I can only assume you wrote many piano sonatas about her because you are a very (laughs) very skilled nay virtuoso virtuosa I don't know but you definitely are a genius at piano so good job on that uh you I I, listen whether that plays into your collaboration with LeBron I have no idea I can't wait to see what you guys get up to (laughs) cannot wait to see what you get up to um at some point, when you're t- talking about making your plans, you're going to be sitting down to unlimited uh, John and Vinny's pasta. pasta. Um, Beautiful. Just going to have that. doesn't matter if you're in Paris, Montana, here, anywhere. Pasta, pasta, pasta. So good. Whenever you want. Uh, you also get to, I don't know, jump into the 1970s, see what that groovy era was all about. Uh, get that all over you in, but also in your safety bubble. And, um, this feels, I'm saving this for last because it doesn't seem like an impossibility. It feels like, uh, it's, there's every possibility that this could happen, but, um, you will have Ellen on your podcast to talk about her experience of coming out. Wow. I'm very excited because, you know, there's just, there's a lot going around and I love to dig in, you know? Yep. 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 (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) So, and you know what? I would love to talk to Portia about her experience, too, because I bet it was super different. Um, oh, so I'll yeah. go ahead and have her on, and then we can great. swap stories. Yeah. This would be great. This would be great. Yeah. Um, well, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, what a great midday snack. That's exactly you know? what I'm after. <laughs> I want it to feel like a midday snack. Yeah. That really is like a huge compliment to me. I love a midnight stack. So, um, <laughs> all right, everybody else, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Skyscrapers bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should move someplace new and build time machines to go and get us back. MaximumFun.org
comedy, and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.